thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, thank you so much for connecting with us for our final week of our Search History series. I don't know, could you, ever, could you imagine what it would be like to be a POW, a prisoner of war? Apparently in the Second World War, in some PO war camps, the, the, the whole goal of those that were keeping people captive was to break their spirit. And one of the ways that they used to do it is they used to get the prisoners to every day earlier in the morning to dig a massive hole and to take all the dirt out of the hole and to move the dirt across to the other side of the camp. And they would do that day in, day out. And then when they'd moved all the dirt out of the hole to the other side of the camp, they would get them to move the dirt back again. And literally, this would drive prisoners insane. Why? Not because they didn't want to dig or because they weren't willing to do hard work, but because there was no purpose. And we are designed to be people of purpose. Reminds me of an old preacher story I heard of two camels. And this little uh, child camel, true story, uh, said to the mommy camel one day, mommy, I've got these really large flat feet Why do I have these large flat feet? And the mommy camel said to the little child camel, well, because in the desert, it's really unstable and you need large flat feet. Little kid camel thought, again, true story, thought to herself and said to the mom, I get that, but I've also got really large eyelashes. Mommy camel said, well, that's because in the desert, there's lots of wind and and it blows the, the sand in your eyes and you need the eyelashes. Little camel thought, okay, But mommy, I've also got a really large hump on my back. Why have I got that? Mommy Camel said, well, because in the desert, you need to conserve water. And that's where the water lives, in the hump on your back. Little Camel thought for a little moment and then said to the Mommy Camel, well, I guess I've got it. I've got flat feet, large flat feet. I've got the large eyelashes and I've got the large hump. But mommy, why are we in Dudley Zoo? I'm going to just say Dudley Zoo is a great attraction for you to check out, okay? Support your local community. But basically, we know we are designed for purpose. And when we're not living that purpose, there's something missing on the inside of us. And maybe for some of you, even during this season, this last four months or so that we've been in, maybe there's been an attack on your sense of purpose. Maybe for some of you, maybe you've been furloughed from your job role. And as much as, you know, for some people, furlough has been a great experience. They've been paid and they've just had time at home. I know for others, maybe that sense of, well, what's my purpose? Because there is a sense in which what we do is connected to who we are as well. And we were designed for purpose. Or maybe you're someone and you've actually lost your job recently. Or maybe you're under threat of redundancy right now. And that can feed into that sense of, well, if I lose my job, then where's my purpose? Do I have a purpose going forward? You see, we know deep down as human beings that we're designed for purpose. What we're asking today is what does Jesus say about purpose? And I think he would say, I want to boil it down to one statement. And he would say this, we are created on purpose for purpose. You and I are created on purpose for purpose. You see, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made as human beings. And you might not believe that sometimes, but we are. Here's some incredible facts. You know, the blood vessels in your body, your body alone, one person would encircle the earth 
four times. You know that phrase goosebumps gives me goosebumps. We have goosebumps because years ago, years ago, your hairs on your head would stand up and that was to warn off predators. That's how incredibly intricate we are. We're the only species that have chins. Many of us have too many chins, but we do. Human beings are the only ones that have chins. You know, our thumbs have a pulse, which is amazing. Our nose can detect one trillion smells. We're the only species known to blush. We are the only species that can control fire. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. But you know, if you're checking this out and you're watching here, whether you're online live now or whether you're checking it out later on demand, maybe when you look in the mirror, you don't see someone who's fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, many of us are saying that during lockdown, as we're emerging out of lockdown, you know, our weight has kind of ballooned. We've got quarantine weight right now. It reminds me of an old preacher story again that describes what we're talking about as furniture disease. That's when your chest falls into your drawers. And I'm sure that many of us would say that we've had that during this last four months. And when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we don't look at someone who's fearfully and wonderfully made. Yet Jesus would say, you are created on purpose, for purpose. You are not random. You see, if you are made, then you have a maker. And if you are made as in created, then you are created for a reason and for a purpose. You are not an accident. You're not random. You're not just here on this planet. You might say, oh yeah, but you don't understand the circumstances of my birth. No, I don't. But whatever the circumstances of your birth, you are created on purpose, for purpose. Uh, many years ago, I got to see this um, for real in the Sistine Chapel in Rome in the Vatican. And this amazing photograph that's coming up here now that is very, very famous. But I tell you that you can see it on the screen now. But when you see it, as it was painted by Michelangelo 500 years ago, as you look up in the Sistine Chapel, it is mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And that image there in Latin, that is imago Dei, it means we are created in the image of God. Doesn't mean that we look like God, but we're created in the image of God. And I believe that what Jesus would say to us is this, that when we, when we know that we're created on purpose, for a purpose, our purpose is to know God and to make God known. Our purpose is to be connected to God. And whether you know Jesus or not, whether you know God or not, He has created you to know Him, to have a relationship with Him. And you're going to hear at the end of my talk, which is just in a few moments time, honestly, you're going to hear someone who's found that out for themselves during lockdown. Never set foot in one of our church buildings, but has found out that they can know God and now they can begin to make God known. And when you know that you're created on purpose for a purpose, you know that your life counts and that actually you're there to, to, to live your life in a way that brings honour and glory to God. Bible says that whatever we do, do it as if we're doing it for God. And when we know that we're created on purpose for a purpose, that actually we can be filled with the Spirit of God, the creative Spirit of God. If we're created by the Creator, we're meant to be creative. That means, guys, that you're meant to be the creative one in your workplace. That when things are a little bit difficult, you're the one that's meant to bring hope. When things are a little bit divisive, you're the one that's meant to bring unity. When things look a little bit hopeless, you're the one that is there to bring hope because we're created in the image of God. Imago Dei, in the image of God, on purpose, for a purpose. Problem is, we struggle sometimes to really believe that about ourselves. 
And when we hit situations or when we hit difficulties, we struggle to believe that this is what Jesus says, not just about everyone else, but this is what Jesus says about me. You see, we have a big problem. And I heard some teaching from a guy called Louis Giglio recently, which I want to pass on to you this morning because it was so good. And he calls our problem this, and he defines it like this. It's the big C. And when he says the big C, he's not talking about cancer. He's talking about condemnation. The big C of condemnation. Now that word condemnation in the New Testament is a derivative of two words. And the first word literally means handed down. It's a sentence handed down. The second one means deliberated justice. So condemnation literally means a deliberated sentence that's been handed down. And this is part of our story. Right from the beginning of time when God created uh, the first man and the first woman and whatever you believe about the science of that and we're not against science at all. We love science. But we believe that God created us in His image. But there was this break in our relationship between man and God and from that moment, condemnation, that sentence was handed down. It's woven into our story. We don't need someone to tell us that we're not good enough. We just have that weaved into our story. We don't need someone to tell us that we don't measure up. It's just handed down. It's weaved into our story. It's the, one, it's the big C of condemnation. And you see, an encounter with Jesus really changes this big C. And I think that even as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need to have continual encounters with Jesus. And I want to take you to the book of John chapter 8 today. And we're going to look at an encounter. It's quite a well-known encounter that Jesus had with a, an individual. And you find it in John 8 verse 1 to 11. And let me just tell you the story before we read a few verses. Jesus is teaching in a place called the Mount of Olives. And that's significant. We'll come back to that later. And he's surrounded by regular people who are really keen and they're really leaning in. Okay, I hope like you are on the other end of this camera right now that you're leaning in and that you're listening and they're engaged. But also there were a bunch of religious leaders who were there to try and catch Jesus out. And in the middle of that scene, some people drag a naked woman and she would have been naked because the Bible says she was caught in the act of adultery. Okay, so... so you don't need me to tell you what that looks like, okay? She's literally caught in the act of adultery and she's dragged before Jesus and they throw her at the feet of Jesus. She's naked, she's embarrassed, she's full of shame, she's exposed literally. And they say under the law of Moses, okay, we're going back a long time, under the law of Moses, this girl, this woman deserves to die. What do you say, Jesus? So under the law, this woman deserves to die. The sentence has been passed down for her. The condemnation that she feels is justified. Jesus, this woman should die. What do you say? Then we pick it up in verse six. It says this. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Many preachers have suggested what Jesus was writing down in the dust. We don't know. Maybe he's just buying time. Or maybe he's just causing them to think and to reflect. But they kept demanding an answer, the Bible says. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. That's why I think he's just, he's kind of, he said something. If you don't have any, any guilt, if you've never done anything wrong, then you can throw a stone at this woman. 
And you just think about that while I write in the dust. Then it goes on to say, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. Isn't that interesting? Why would they begin with the oldest? Because when you're older, you know how many times you've messed up in your life, don't you? And as they realise that actually, if I've messed up, I've got no right to actually throw a stone at this woman. And they slipped away one by one until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Goes on to say, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. This is an incredibly powerful uh, story. You see, the Lord did condemn this woman. And really, guys, if we're honest, the Lord does condemn us. And you may be someone that's watching this and thinking, oh, I don't get that, you know. And, and you know that we're talking about the Ten Commandments and the law of God. Here's the truth. We don't even keep our own law, let alone God's law. We don't even keep our own values, let alone God's values. We know that we're guilty. We know that we are deserving of condemnation. That sentence has been passed down. And we know that it's woven into our story. That sense that we just don't quite measure it. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We just, we've fallen short of our own standards, let alone God's standards. Woven into our story is the story of condemnation. But when Jesus came, he rewrote the story. He weaved into our story a different story. Not the story of condemnation, but the story of grace. And why it's so important that this story is set in the Mount of Olives is that if you fast forward to just towards the end of Jesus' life, when he's about to go to the cross, the Bible says he's at the Mount of Olives and he's in a garden and he's praying and he's praying to God and he's saying, God, I want you to take this cup from me. This cup, and what he means by this cup that he's about to drink is he knows that he's about to die. Now here's the thing, he says, take this cup from me because I don't want it because it's painful. But here's the thing, what's in the cup? I'll tell you what's in the cup. That girl's, that woman's adultery is in the cup. That woman's shame is in the cup. That woman's brokenness is in the cup. Your adultery is in the cup. Your broken relationships are in the cup. Your shame is in the cup. Your sin is in the cup. Your addiction is in the cup. My issues are in the cup. Your racism, my pain, my lies, your guilt, my failure, my mess ups, it's all in the cup. And when Jesus went to the cross, he drank the cup. And what he did is he took the condemnation that was meant for that woman and the condemnation that was meant for me and the condemnation that was meant for you and he took it onto himself. You see, here's something really interesting and I've looked at this story so many times but I really realised again in the fullness, I think, of what was happening. You see, when Jesus says to this woman, who condemns you? And she says, nobody, because they've all messed up. But there was one person that day who had the right to throw a stone at this woman. And that was Jesus. Because he's the only person who's never, ever messed up. And he says, and neither do I condemn you. And even though I could, I choose not to. And Jesus, in that moment, I think he kind of rewrites the history and rewrites the story for this woman. And what's amazing is that just because, because this happened, it doesn't mean there aren't any consequences. And then he says to this woman, go and sin no more. In other words, go and live differently. And that's what he says 
to you and I, guys. That's exactly what he says. A sentence has been handed down. Deliberative justice has been handed down. But because Jesus went to the cross and because Jesus drank the cup, he took all the condemnation that was meant for you and me and he took it on himself so that we could live free and that we could know that we are created on purpose for purpose. But there are some things that challenge us. And I want to show you a couple of these things and how to work this out. How to work it out in real life. You see, one of the things that's going to happen over the summer is that many of us, you know, those of you that were due to go on holiday um, to, you know, wherever you were going abroad, um, and you can't do that now. Like, like us, we were meant to be out um, last, the last couple of weeks and, and instead we went to Cornwall. And one of the things that you're going to do is that if you're out there looking for somewhere, you don't want to see that sign you don't want to see no vacancy. But I want to suggest to you guys today that this is an important sign for us to put up in our minds. Because you see, you and I have an enemy. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, you know that the enemy, okay, is what the Bible calls the accuser. And he's the one that comes to bring condemnation. And we need to say to him, there's no vacancy in there, okay? There's no space there's no vacancy to entertain those thoughts. Whatever the enemy seems to want to come and put into your mind and your heart, we need to say there's no vacancy because I know I'm created on purpose for purpose. And what we need to do is that we need to keep putting up that sign because while we put up the sign vacancy, then there's space for those kind of thoughts. But we need to put up the no vacancy sign. We're not going to allow the big C into our house. I use this illustration a lot in youth talks. I've got here a 10 pound note. In fact, in my notes, it says 20 pound note, but I'm feeling tight today. So it's only a 10 pound note, okay? And basically, how much is that worth? I'm asking you a question, all right? Now, I know that you're watching it, but it's literally worth 10 pounds. Now, if I was to scrunch it up like that, okay, it's still worth 10 pounds. If I was to put it on the floor and stamp on it and scrunch it again and hold it up, it's still worth 10 pounds. Its intrinsic value is 10 pounds, no matter what has happened to it. Guys, I don't know what's happened to you. And as I've been preparing this, I've been praying for many of you because maybe you've been someone and you understand how that woman felt because you feel that maybe your life has been exposed a little bit. Maybe you see that the brokenness of your life has been exposed and you don't believe that you're created on purpose because you've had so much brokenness. Or maybe you messed up in so many ways and, and you'd be embarrassed if, if, if some of that was, was public right now. And you know that God knows it anyway. And so maybe you think that your value has been stripped away or your value has been crunched up or your value has been ground into the dust. But here's the thing, when that thought comes, you need to say, hey, I've got no vacancy for that thought because you are intrinsically valuable to God. You are worth Him going to the cross. You are worth Him drinking the cup of your shame and of your condemnation. You know, there's another sign that we need to come to grips with as well. And it's this sign of this photograph here. And this is a building in Albania. And as many of you know, we have a church in Duras in Albania. And guys, if you're watching, we love you guys. And we are with you and praying for you. And last September, there was a massive earthquake. In fact, in 2019, this earthquake in Albania was the biggest earthquake for loss of life anywhere in the world. And yet most of you watching this don't even know about it. 
and more people lost their lives in the earthquake in Albania than in any other earthquake on the planet in 2019. And as soon as I could, I flew out uh, to be with our guys. And I looked around the city, and here's one of the buildings. And that red circle with a cross literally is the condemned sign. It means this building is condemned. It means that someone, some authority has come along and uh, passed a deliberative justice sentence on the building. Unfit, unstable, not good for purpose, can't do anything here, finished. You might as well get the bulldozer in and bulldoze it down. It's no good for any fit purpose. And I wonder whether you feel like that building, whether you feel that there's been a sign put over your life, that you're condemned, that you're unstable, that you're unfit, that you're unsuitable. But I want to tell you, that's not the truth. Because what Jesus did is he took that condemnation onto himself so that you and I could live on purpose, for purpose. That is amazing. Back to the woman. No condemnation doesn't mean there were no consequences. Jesus said, go and sin no more. In other words, he said, go, move, live. There's like a peek into her future. And you can hear it differently, can't you? You can hear it say, go and sin no more. Or you can say, hey, go and just sin no more. Just don't live like that. Just live differently. You see, you and I do sin and you and I do mess up. And you and I do things that's bad and stuff. And we know that, Not, not only towards God, but towards our own self and our own values. And when that happens, we do, we, do, we do one of two things. We either go down the remorse track. So we, we, we feel remorse or we feel regret. And when we do that, that leads us to rededicate. And so we try harder. Do you know that? But then when we try harder and we still mess up, that just means more condemnation and then more remorse and more regret and more rededication and more trying harder. But you know, there's a better way. Rather than feel remorse and regret and rededicate, why don't we just repent? And the word repent literally can mean turn around. It can mean a U-turn, but a better definition is it can mean a return. And we return to our original intention. And you and my, me originally were not created broken. Originally, when we were created, the Bible says that God said it's good. Our original intention is goodness, not brokenness. And Jesus is saying to this woman, you don't need to live messed up. You don't need to keep going from one relationship to the next. You don't need to keep looking for that addiction and that fix to solve the issue that's on the inside of you. You are created on purpose, for purpose. Don't return to brokenness, return to goodness. Just don't sin anymore. Know who you are. Know that you're created on purpose, for a purpose, and then go and live on purpose. And that's what I think Jesus is saying to this woman. And that's what I think he's saying to every single one of us. There's a better way. And you see, the opposite of condemnation is conviction. And you see, what condemnation does is it makes you go down the rededicate and try harder approach. But what conviction does is it changes everything. So conceal becomes confess. Remorse becomes repent. Rededicate simply becomes surrender. 
And so we surrender to our maker. We surrender to our creator and we ask him to fill us with his goodness and for him to live his life in us and through us. And that's what I think Jesus is saying when he said to this woman, go and sin no more. Just let my life live out in you and you will be on purpose for a purpose. You know, when we feel knocked down, when we feel torn down, don't let the enemy keep you down because Jesus drank the cup. And he drank the stuff that should have been on your shoulders. He took it onto him. So we don't have to stay knocked down. Jesus lifts us up. And I want you to hear this line. because This is so important. While there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. And guys, some of you need to hear that today, wherever you're watching it from. While there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. I want to just take a little moment okay, to say something to you Life Central people, okay. Many of you will know, guys, that uh, on Friday, I sent an email out um, to the church and put it on our website. And me and Simon, Simon Woodward, who's our associate pastor, we shared the news with you that Simon and Dee, his wife, have been asked by Elim, which is our group of churches that we belong to, to plant a church uh, in our region. Uh, And so they'll be moving on from us at the end of this year. And as much as that's sad because Simon and Dee are so important to us and they'll remain important to us, we're really excited for what God is doing in them and through them. And it's caused me, as I've been tracking with them uh, over the last few months, obviously Simon's been on furlough and part of that has been to pray and to to make this decision, etc. And in fact, Simon's going to be here next week. live stream with you uh, in, in, in the pre and the post. And so you're going to get to hear a little bit about the story next week. But as I've been thinking about Simon, I've been thinking about 15 years ago when he first came to the church. And, and it's fair to say he had that condemned sign on the building of his life. He was in trouble with the police for which he went to prison for a little bit later. Um, on the Sunday that he came to us, there was almost no breath in his lungs because he thought his life was over. And yet I can remember seeing this guy coming into church the following week and giving his life to Jesus. And what Jesus has done in his life over the last 15 years is amazing. You see, while there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. And what Jesus has done in his life as he's, as he's given himself to him and, and, and you know, there's all that kind of shame and condemnation that he's had to work through like we all have to work through. But you know, here's the thing that now he stands with Dee and their family about to embark on an incredibly exciting uh, adventure to serve the purposes of God. Because while there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. And guys, right now, I don't know how many of you who are watching this think there's no purpose in my life. If there's breath in your lungs, there's still purpose in your life. And maybe instead of just trying harder, we need to surrender Maybe instead of just remorse and rededicate, maybe we need to return to Jesus and to our original, original intention. Um, Let me just say to us as a church as well, Life Central, you know, we have a purpose as a church as well. And our purpose is literally this, to help people to find and follow Jesus. And whilst we're not gathering in physical locations, you know, Hal's Owen, Hagley, Rowley, Duras, we're not gathering physically. I want you to know something. Hey, Lean in. Lean in a little bit more. Jesus is still building his church. People are still finding Jesus through this season. What you're about to see right now, 
Guys, if you're part of Life Central and you're a little bit like, what's my purpose as part of the church? What do I do now? I can't go and serve like I used to. I'm not going and seeing people like I used to. Listen, when you watch and you hear this, let this inspire you that the purpose of God is still awake, alert and active right now. As you hear someone who's come to faith in Jesus during lockdown without ever setting foot in one of our buildings. We are created Life Central on purpose, for a purpose. And we need to hear and see more of this. This is Kieran's story. Um, so I'm here with Kieran Bassey. Kieran, it is great to have you with us. And we're just going to chat a little bit about your lockdown story, about how you've come to faith during lockdown. Um, and we're going to hear all, of that, all about that a little bit later on. But Kieran, just tell us a little bit about your background and your kind of life pre-making a decision to follow Jesus? Uh, so I'm originally from Leicester. I've spent a long time traveling around for work and various other reasons as well. Uh, but as in terms of religious background, I've always been raised to be not very religious due to the fact that my mom's Sikh, my dad's Muslim, but a very diverse cultural background. Um, so it's always been very difficult for me to kind of pick a religion to follow, looking for God and for Jesus was something that I didn't plan to do and it, it just happened. So how did it happen then? Because obviously like March 2020, lockdown hits, coronavirus pandemic hits the UK and we're, we're in lockdown. So for me, uh, myself, what ended up happening was I lived in Manchester before here and Liverpool before that and I spent a long time kind of thinking about trying to reach out to God, but never really taking the step to do so. But I met my partner in Manchester and she's a practicing Christian. She used to tell me all the time, she'd go, oh, you should, you know, when I was having a tough time or finding it hard to get through certain things, she'd go, oh, you should pray or you should, you know, look, look to God. And I would always be like, nah, it's not going to work for me. But we decided when we get married, we wanted to get married in a church. And I spoke to a friend of mine at work called Hannah, um, who's a, a Life Central uh, regular. And she was the one who kind of told me how Jesus has affected her. And not only that, I saw her go through a few different things like in her personal and work life. But when I was like, how are you able to keep yourself just so composed and so fulfilled during these times? And she would tell me about how she would pray to Jesus and to God and how that feeling that she would get back from it just gave her more strength to be able to carry on the way she did. And she's such a positive person. So I started to watch the, cause she shared a few of your, uh, a few of the sermons from from church on, on Sunday mornings. So I started watching it from that. And yeah, it just found it really appealing listening to Leon talking and yourselves when you guys were doing your, 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 your chats before and after. I, I found that really kind of invigorating and there was a lot of information there that kind of helped me a little bit and I also felt like every single time I listened to Leon talk the things he talked about seemed to be like he was talking to me directly wow. which was really powerful for myself at that particular time um, and so I started to pray I just took it one step at a time. I got myself a Bible over a bit of time and started to read my Bible. It got profound within myself. And now, uh, since then, I had uh, a dream when I woke up. And this dream was the day when I knew that I wanted to be a Christian, that uh, my love for Jesus would be never ending, that Jesus was there to guide me. You've done Alpha, is that right? That's right. So um, Alpha was something I did when I saw it on um, on the 
the Sunday sermon and I found it really, really kind of interesting because I thought it would be a good way for me to kind of learn a little bit about about the faith. And it was during the Alpha course that I was doing that. I think it was my third or my fourth week when I had that dream. Um, nice. And that was when I, I knew straight away, the first thing I did was I spoke to Simon and I was like, Simon, I need to talk to you and I need to tell you about this dream because I just kind of feel like you can give me the answers that I need from it. And yeah, that was such a helpful conversation. It really, really helped me kind of move forward. And What's it been like for you, Kieran, like coming to faith during a, a worldwide pandemic? And like, because you've never stepped foot in our church, have you? No, I haven't, no. Um, it's been tough for me because I was originally supposed to start a new job on the 25th of March, which is also when we went into lockdown. And because I didn't get to start that job, I've not got any furlough pay. I've been on benefits, right. just managing to get through. And I'm a quite highly ranked manager, so I, I'm used to a very nice pay. And that pay I'm getting at the moment is nowhere near it. And so financially, it was very, really, really a struggle to begin with. Um, and I was, I was finding it very hard. I was getting very depressed and anxious, which is not like me. I'm a very positive person. I always try to mm. find positive in everything. But finding Jesus and having God come to me and speak to me the way that he has, it's been very profound for me having these dreams because I feel like that's how I communicate with, 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 with our Lord. Like, I pray, but I don't always feel like the answers I'm given during the prayer, I feel like that they come back to me at a later time when I'm neat when when it's needed when it's mm. necessary, you know. Mate, it's an amazing story and really inspirational. And um, yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah, no problem. How amazing is that? You know, and if we were watching that here in a room, you know, in the building, we'd all be clapping and cheering right now. And I hope you are uh, while you're at home. That's an incredible story. But you know, as much as that's an incredible story about one man coming to faith in Jesus, I hope you can see the bigger purpose, the bigger story. You know, because the reality is Hannah, a life central person, she invited him to church. She invited him to, to online gathering. It, it was her that actually said, hey, I, I'm on purpose, for purpose. And so she invited him to actually tune in. And we're hearing loads of amazing stories right now about people coming to faith and people finding community and people that used to do church coming back to church. And so guys, Life Central guys, in this season, guys, don't let's get lazy. Don't let's just check out. Don't let's just, oh, let's just watch it if I wanna watch it. Don't watch it if I don't watch it. Guys, 168 hours a week, we are on purpose. Not just the one hour when we tune into church. Not just the one hour when we used to gather. 168 hours a week, we are created on purpose for a purpose. And so guys, if you don't know that for yourself, I wanna show you something right now. And this just reminds us what I've been trying to communicate today. You know, what Jesus did when, when Jesus actually went and he took the cup and he drank the cup, all the shame, all the condemnation, all of the guilt, all the brokenness, all the stuff that you and I feel, the big sea of condemnation that keeps us pressed down. He drank that. He took that onto Himself so that you and I could live on purpose, for purpose. This is your worth in God's eyes. You know, guys, right now, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never turned around, if you've never returned to Him, if you've never come into relationship with Him, we, we would, like Kieran did, and Kieran did that because somebody at Life Central invited him to online. And then he went to Alpha. 
Then he started reading the Bible. And then what you didn't um, get maybe in that little story, because there was loads more, is that then he had a dream about Jesus. And Jesus revealed himself to Kieran. And you know, everyone's kind of path is different. Everyone's path to Jesus is different. But you know, we come through Jesus to get to God. And so right now, if, if you're watching this and you've, you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, you've never said yes to Him. You've never received the fact that, that He drank, He took in onto His shoulders, He drank your cup so that you don't have to get pressed down by the big sea of condemnation. But you can know that you're created on purpose, for purpose. If that's never happened for you, it can right now. And right now, whatever platform you're watching this on, there's going to be a little something that comes up underneath me right now. And, 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 and it will be an opportunity for you to click on if you want to respond to give your life to Jesus today. So I want to just pray for you. And if that's you, then you just click on and respond to Jesus today. And let that sense of purpose come into your life. And maybe that condemned sign that you think's over the building of your life be torn down. And instead put no vacancy to the enemy because you are possessed now by Jesus and by His Spirit and by His presence. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I wanna pray right now. If there is anyone watching this that wants to give their life to you, that they would know right now that they are created on purpose for purpose. And Lord, as they turn, as they return to you, may they know your presence and the power of your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. And guys, we would love to pray for you. And maybe there's some of you out there and you feel like that woman a little bit and you're kind of in the dirt and in the doubt and you feel down and you're not sure what your purpose is. Listen, while there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. And we would love to pray for you right now. There may be some of you that maybe you're struggling right now. Maybe you are on furlough. Maybe you're being made redundant. Maybe you think you might be made redundant. Maybe you're struggling with an area of purpose in your life. Maybe I know for many people who are followers of Jesus right now, we're a little bit feeling a little bit lost, you know, in lots of ways. Maybe that's you. We would love to pray for you right now. And again, you can respond and someone would love to connect with you. And we're going to sing a final song. And while we're singing this final song, I'm going to ask the guys who are, who are on the online pastoring to keep those links coming. And if you want prayer while we're singing this final song, then why don't you guys go do that? And I want, I want to just say, as we sing this final song, this is just a great kind of hymn. It's a modern hymn uh, that just describes what Jesus did when He drank my cup and when He drank your cup. Of course, it was His cup, but what was in His cup was my stuff and your stuff. And all of the big sea of condemnation was in the cup that Jesus drank. That deliberative sentence of justice that was handed down, that had to be paid, was paid by Him for me and for you. And if that doesn't make you want to praise the name of Jesus, then I don't know what will. But here's this incredible song. And guys, if you know this to be true, sing it where you are. Open up your mouth and let the, let the music come out and let the words come out. And know today that you are created on purpose for purpose. But if you need prayer today, then please take the opportunity to let someone pray for you as we sing praise the name.